0: So this is week 2 we're continuing our series we're talking about birthright and last week we talked about promises and prophecies and this week we're going to be talking about what it means for to have inheritance there's an inheritance associated with being a new believer of Christ there are there's an inheritance that is part of that and All right, now technology is working for me. Great. All right. And so uh, there's inheritance. So last week we defined birthright as a thing that somebody has a right to because of the family or country and as Christians, kingdom, they were born or born again in and because it is a basic right of all humans. And then we got that from the Oxford Learners Dictionary. And so this week we're going to be getting delving into a little bit uh, with birthright. Usually there's something... Called inheritance associated if you have a birthright or if you're a child of someone and someone passes away, or if they want to do in vivo transfer, they may decide to give you a blessing before they pass away, but they give to you an inheritance, something that is passed down from one generation to the next, and that inheritance is given to the children of a particular family. And so with that, there's with um inheritance, there are two things that are inherent. With inheritance. There are burdens and there are blessings. There are burdens and there are blessings. All too often, when people look at inheritance, they're usually looking at one part, and that is what did my parents, my uncles, my aunts, my friend, what did those people leave me? What did they leave behind? And a lot of times, you're just thinking about the monetary side of it. But there's another part to this, and so we're gonna delve into it. And so, If you have your Bibles, turn to Genesis chapter 25, starting at verse 29, and I want you to hold that place because we're going to be delving there in just a second. Because within biblical inheritance, there are two parts. And Rabbi Riskin, he says this, there were two disparate aspects to the inheritance, which was Isaac's to bequeath. The birthright, the beckorah which related to the leadership of the family and its mission of communicating ethical monotheism to the world, and the blessing, which related to the eldest son's double portion of land and property. The birthright has to do with spiritual direction, whereas the blessings had to do with material superiority. And so if you have your Bibles and if you are at Genesis chapter 25, verse 29, we're going to talk a little bit about this. It says in verse 29, Once when Jacob was cooking some stew, Esau came in from the open country famished. He said to Jacob, quick, let me have some of the red stew. I'm famished. That is why he is called Edom. Jacob replied, First, sell me your birthright. We just talked about what a birthright is. That's the spiritual leadership, the person who's going to have the leadership and the spiritual direction of leading the family once the head of the family passes on. He says, sell me your birthright. Look, I am about to die, Esau said. What good is the birthright to me? And so we see already that... Esau is kind of showing this disdain for the idea that I would have to take on this spiritual leadership aspect. But Jacob said, swear to me first. So he swore him an oath, selling his birthright to Jacob. Then Jacob gave Esau some bread and some lentil stew. He ate and drank and then got up and left. So Esau despised his birthright. And so just to get an idea of this, um, Esau going back in the story, a little back in Genesis, you find out that Esau did whatever he wanted to do. So instead of like setting a spiritual example, his family would say, hey, we want you to marry a good godly woman. He's like, no, I'm not going to marry a godly woman. I'm going to go in the streets and I'm going to go to the party and to the clubs and I'm going to do that stuff. And I'm going to find me some wives there. And that's what Esau was doing. And they said, well, hey, can you kind of, kind of be a little more spiritual? No, I don't want to be more spiritual. I want to do what I want to do because I'm kind of this wild man's man and I just want to live my life the way I want to live it. And so in terms of the spiritual leadership he wasn't really concerned with having a spiritual leadership. He simply was not concerned with having spiritual leadership. And so when it came to the birthright, he didn't have a lot of concern for that. But here we go. But understanding this part of it, when it comes to uh, blessing, uh, actually let me jump here. Uh, Birthright is the burden of leadership as... A representative of God. But blessing is God's favor to obtain physical and material abundance. So still in your Bible, just flip over a page or two to Genesis chapter 27, starting at verse 30. We saw that Esau sells his birthright. But then I want you to watch what happens, how he responds when it comes to the blessing, the material abundance. Genesis chapter 27, verse 30, it says, After Isaac finished blessing him, Jacob has secretly left his father's presence. His brother Esau came in from hunting. He too prepared some tasty food and brought it to his father. Then he said to him, My father, please sit up and eat some of the game so that you may give me your blessing. What had happened up to now that uh, they found out that Isaac was going to give Esau, the blessing, the mom had found out. The mom went to Jacob and said, hey, pretend to be your brother. Put some uh, hairy fur on your arms so your arms will feel all hairy. And then go into your father and pretend to be your brother so that you can get the blessing. And then his father Isaac asked him, who are you? He says, I am your son, he answered, your firstborn, Esau. Isaac trembled violently and said, who was it then that hunted game and brought it to me? I ate it just before you came and I blessed him and indeed he will be blessed. When Esau heard his father's word, he burst out loud in bitter crying and said to his father, bless me too, father. But he said, your brother came deceitfully and took your blessing. Esau had an interest in getting the material wealth, the physical wealth, the abundance that was with his family But he had no interest whatsoever in the spiritual leadership or the spiritual direction or leading the family in a spiritual direction or letting them know about God or teaching about God. And the reason this was such a big deal, you have to kind of understand biblical inheritance law. When there are heirs of siblings, uh, how many firstborns are out there? Any firstborns? Oh, you guys are going to love this. You should just uh, tell your parents if they're truly biblical to just follow this principle. And so when there are heirs and siblings and there is an inheritance, the way it works is, as we saw in the earlier verse, uh, you get, if you're a firstborn, you get a double portion. So if there are three siblings and there is an inheritance, when the inheritance is split up, there are three siblings, you add an imaginary fourth person. And then that fourth person, the firstborn gets a double portion of what everybody else gets. And so if you're a firstborn, just talk to your parents and you know, if you really love the Lord and if you really want to follow the Bible, you know, you really should <laughs> practice the principles in the Bible. I don't know how it would go well with you, but at least you would have a biblical argument for, you know, getting a double portion. But this is why Esau was so upset. He wasn't upset that he would get to represent God and lead his family and teach them about the things of God. He was only excited about he could get his hands on some money, get his hands on some property, get his hands on some land. And that's what his relationship, that's how much he thought of his relationship with his parents. That's how much he thought of his relationship with God. But the wonderful thing about this, Jesus is the firstborn And that's why Jesus comes and he is able to inherit all that there is. When God talks to God, the Father says, and Jesus says, all things have been given unto me. He was given to him by the Father because he is the firstborn of creation and he's the firstborn of firstfruits of the new creation. It says this in Psalm 89. And I will appoint him to be my firstborn, the most exalted of the kings of the earth. This is what it says about Jesus. Also what it says about Jesus In Colossians, he is before all things and in all things hold together. And he is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning and the firstborn from among the dead, the second creation, so that in everything he might have supremacy. Christ is the firstborn. Christ receives the double portion. And because of that, Christ is able to bless us because Christ is our birthright and our blessing. We as new believers, we don't look to just being spiritual leadership or taking spiritual head of the family. We don't look just at what abundance or inheritance we can receive because in Christ. All of that is found for us. If we name the name of Christ, then we have the birthright and the blessing. If you turn to Matthew chapter 2 and looking at verse 1, we can see how the birthright shows up. The Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, where is the one who has been born king, that's that spiritual leadership, that's that burden, that's that birthright of the Jews. The firstborn would become king. But then further down in the same chapter, it says when the magi came looking for uh, Jesus Christ, the new king of the Jews, it says they bowed down and worshiped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. They poured out blessings upon Jesus. Jesus had the birthright, he was the king, and Jesus also had the blessings. We can see this in Ephesians chapter 1. It says this, praise be to God and father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing. With every spiritual blessing. We as new believers, we have blessings, we have have so many blessings that are found in Jesus Jesus gives us so many blessings. And if if you're in Ephesians chapter 1 and you just have it open, I just want to name off some of the blessings that we have in Jesus Christ. The spiritual blessings that we have in Jesus Christ. In verse 4 it says, chosen to be holy and blameless. In verse 5, predestined to adoption. In verse 7, redemption through his blood. Verse 7, forgiveness of sins. Verses 7 and 8, richness, the riches of God's grace. How many know through all their forgiveness, through redemption, how much God's grace means to us? The fact that God has given us his grace. And in verse 9 it says to know the mysteries of his will. God was willing to share the mystery of what he would do with us and through Christ. In verse 13, the gospel and the message of salvation. One of the spiritual blessings we have, we get to be reconciled with Christ and we get to hear the word of truth. And in verse 13, we are sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. All of these spiritual blessings found in Jesus Christ. And that's a tremendous blessing. But even more so, here's what's interesting we as the church love to talk about the spiritual blessings, and the spiritual blessings are wonderful. But there's also some material blessings that come with being connected with Christ, with come with being children of God. Now, unfortunately, we have some preachers who have kind of abused that and they've created something called the prosperity gospel and because they abuse it, they say because you know Jesus, you're going to be rich and you're going to have ultimate health and you're going to have all these positive things. But because it was abused doesn't mean it doesn't exist. There are material blessings associated with being a child of God. It doesn't mean that you're going to always have material blessings because you're a child of God. But know that there are material blessings being associated with being a child of God. If you turn to Deuteronomy chapter 28, and if you were to look at verses 1 through 13, you will see that the promises that were given to the children of Israel... And you would also see that those same promises that were offered to a nation and to a people of God are the same blessings that could be offered to us as the children of God. In verse 1, he promised as a nation that I would set you above all the other nations. If you are faithful and follow my commandments... It's not just a car, it's just not an easy handout. It is contingent. If you are obedient and follow my commandments, he said to the children of Israel, he said to the children, the believers, he will set you above all the nations. One of the benefits that we have experienced as a country is because at one time we were a country that loved God. And you saw blessings as a result of a country that loved God. It doesn't mean that the country didn't have its shares of mistakes, and that's going to be part of what uh, honest conversations are about this afternoon. It doesn't mean that we didn't have some failings, but overall, because you had an abundance of people who loved and sought after God, God saw fit to say, if you chase after me, I will bestow upon you some blessings. But then in verse 3, it says, your towns and fields will be blessed. If we want to see revival in Fargo-Moorhead, if we want to see the cities blessed, if we want to see the crops blessed, if we want to see the lands blessed, then what we have to do is we have to become an obedient people submitted to God, chasing holy after the Father. That's what it will take for us to see the favor of God upon us. But then he said, you know what, if you're obedient and you're faithful to me and you chase after me, your children and crops will be blessed. The offsprings of your herds and flocks will be blessed. Your fruit baskets and your bread doughs will be blessed. And what's beautiful, watch this, wherever you go and whatever you do will be blessed. How many would love that blessing? No matter what I lay my hand to, God's going to bless it. because Not because there's some intrinsic value in me, but because the blessing of God the Father is so upon me because I chase after him. And I seek ye first the kingdom of heaven and all of his righteousness that God sees fit to say that, you know what? My son, my daughter, you're doing so well, I'm just going to give you favor. I'm going to give you favor. It says in verse 8, guarantees a blessing. He will fill your storehouses with grain. He will bless you in the land he is giving you. And land can be physical land, but you know what? It could also be also those things that you're pursuing in life, your dreams, your desires, a career. Whatever territory, spiritual, metaphysical, figurative, whatever territory you're chasing, God can give you possession of that. But he's asking us to be a people who chase after him first. He will establish you as a holy people. Imagine that. A blessing, a physical blessing of God is, you know what? I will make you a holy people, a royal priesthood, people of God. If you desire and chase after God, he will make us holy people. He says in verse 12, he will send rain at the proper time. He will bless the work of all that you do. You will be the lender and not the borrower. How many would love that, that you could be the one always offering a loan rather than taking a loan? You could be the one blessing someone's life rather than asking for a blessing. That is one of the incredible blessings, but it requires us to chase after God. We could be the head and not the tail. We can always be on top and never on the bottom. If we're willing to chase, After God the Father. Jesus says this in John chapter 14. Verily, very truly I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works I have been doing. And they will do even greater things than these. Because I am going to the Father. And I will do whatever you ask in my name. So that the father may be glorified in the son. You may ask me for anything in my name and I will do it. If you love me, keep my commandments. As I invite the worship team back up, I just want to share a little story. There was this real wealthy family. And there was a son, he was... um, Uh, preparing to graduate, and he told his father, he's like, you know what, Dad, all I really want is this brand-new Tesla. If I can just get this Tesla, God. I just, you know, Dad, if I can just get this Tesla, you know, and they went around looking at different Tesla dealerships, looking for the right Tesla they want to look for, and he found the exact one he wanted. Then the day of graduation came, and his dad gave him a Bible, And the son looked at the Bible and said, seriously? Seriously, you have all this money? I asked for one little thing and you don't want to give me that one little thing? You give me a Bible? And he threw the Bible on the table and he walked out and didn't talk to his dad again after that. Because he was so hurt. As the years went by, eventually his dad passed away and the son came back. And he was going through his things and he saw the Bible that his father gave him. And then he picked up the Bible, just thinking about his dad, thinking about how he behaved and he opened it. And inside was a check for the amount of the car that he wanted. And the young man just broke down into tears. As we talk about blessings, whether they're spiritual blessings or material blessings, ultimately it comes down to this. You got to value the relationship you have with someone. Before you talk about birthright, before you talk about blessings, what is your relationship with Jesus Christ? Jesus was so open. He was saying, you know what, I'll give you anything. You ask in my name. But in order for that to take place, there's got to be this Authentic, genuine love relationship with Jesus and with God. Because otherwise, we're just people waiting for our parents to die. We're seeking the hand of the Father rather than His face. We're just wanting to use the Lord and we're wanting to use the Jesus as our personal bank. And if that's our attitude, then we're truly missing out. And we have to examine do we have the relationship with Jesus that we thought? Because when we love Jesus, it doesn't matter if He ever gives us anything. If we love God, it doesn't matter if He gives us anything. There's a song that says, Jaira, you are enough. Always enough more than enough. And so God has blessed us. God has blessed us. Even if you're one of the poorest people sitting in this congregation, by the poverty line standards of the U.S. poverty, uh, US poverty standards, you are richest, richer than the majority of people in the world. And we have an obligation to be thankful to a God that loves us enough to say that, you know, I've already blessed you. Is it enough? Or will you be like the son who's angry because they don't get what they want when they want it? But I have a belief that Calvary is a full of a people who loves the Lord, loves others, including their enemies, And longs and desires to reconnect someone who is far from God. Amen. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for the inheritance that you've given us, God. The blessings, the the truly many blessings that you offer us because you're such a good, good father. And the greatest gift of all is you gave you gave gave us your son to die for us. That we who were far from you could be reconnected. Lord, in this Christmas season, we just pray and ask you to help us to be the people who represent your hands and feet. People who give openly, heartily, readily to those who first don't know you. As part of our birthright and as part of blessing, blesses those who do not have. As we pray in Christ's holy name. Amen.